Before we get stuck into this podcast, go to your local bottle or pub and ask for a last man standing. A perfectly paced Australian lager. And just having a crack, we love it. And the boys at Last Man Standing are great supporters of the show. Check them out on tap or at your local bottle Let's get on with the show. Blakey, it's been fantastic to have also insurance on board, mate. Yeah, I know. And they specialise in business insurance as well as domestic insurance. And they take the pain out of when you want to have a make a claim. And they do, mate. And they do specialise a little bit as well in the NDIS market and also the non-for-profit. But that's just a partnership that they've got into because they've done such a great job. But, mate, they've helped a couple of mates of mine out in the printing industry recently. Grant is so on board with it. Yep. If you want the best cover at the best rate for your business, give Grant and the team a call at 07 3048 8890. Or get in touch with Blakey and I. Send us an email. Give us a text. Give us a ring. Give us a Facebook message. Grant Mason, he's just a ripping bloke. He'll look after you. He'll tell you how it is without making it sound too complicated. Also insurance. Also is awesome. Let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome to Just Having a Crack. Blakey here, I'm here with Banger as usual, but one thing's a little bit different today, Banger, what's going on? A little bit older, Blakey. Yeah, just by two just days, by three two days. A couple of days, yeah, I did hit, I hit 60 the other day, no one believes it. They said, um, someone did say, you don't look 60, but we all remember when you did. And uh, But yeah, mate, 60, mate, it was good, I had a couple of beers, quiet beers with a few friends. Yeah. And, um, it was really good. Got myself a new watch. From yeah, Joe. you did. Lovely Adina watch Adina there. Adina watch. See. Grant Menzies were on the podcast. One of our uh, yep. sort of semi sponsors. And if you're a batsman, mate, they reckon once you hit sixty, you should go on to get a hundred. Well, hopefully, yeah. You don't. You take nothing for granted. But um, yeah, no, mate. Just stay. No, it was good, mate. Had a good time. Joe looked after me, and yeah. Um, yeah now it's uh, yeah. Move on, and we've got another podcast. Yeah, today. and today we got a really interesting guest. I mean. <laughs> Made a really interesting guest and a, and a fantastic bloke. And I got to know this gentleman a couple of years ago. I did a couple of events for him up the sunny coast with his swim club. And uh, just recently saw on Facebook that he, he, he's got a bit of a battle. Um, and the battle is his weight. And he's on the line. And we'll have a bit of a chat about that. Wayne Betley. G'day, Wayne. How are you, buddy? G'day, fellas. How are you? Yeah, great, Wayne. Good, mate. You're down to Goldie today having a bit of a walk? Yeah, I certainly have changed my lifestyle a little bit, bangers. I've um, I've, I've cut back a little bit on work, and I put a little bit more down into exercise and fitness these days since I've had the scare. And uh, I'm down here, and I go down for a walk. If you're going to go for a walk, you must go for a walk on the beach, is the way that I see it. How good's that? Now, mate, just a quickie on just to cover the the podcast and what we're going to be doing today. Wayne was um, we'll go back to Wayne's beginning in his story soon. But in 2010, Wayne was on The Biggest Loser. And um, got through to the last couple, didn't you, or whatever in that situation? Yeah, I was in the final four, bangers. I was in the yeah. final four. Final four, and and we'll talk about that shortly. But let's just start where you are now, and we'll go back to your early days. So, mate, just recently you had a bit of a what is it called a TIA stroke? Oh, I, it, it, to be honest with you, mate, when it actually occurred, it it scared the hell out of me. I, I mean, it was about one thirty in the morning, and uh, I woke up to go to the toilet as you do as an older bloke. And um, it just hit me. I I froze. I couldn't move. I couldn't get anywhere. I didn't make it to the toilet. And I, I I'd had a stroke, and I was having a stroke. And I'm trying to scream out to get someone to help me. Unfortunately, you can't. 
you, you can't talk. And I was lucky enough that I virtually stumbled back in the in, in the bed, and I'm trying to call out, but I didn't realise that when you have a stroke, you can't call out. And uh, oh mate, it, it frightened the hell out of me. And then luckily enough that I came through it, and I could start to feel myself coming through it. That I was able to then get through to mum, and, and she called the triple zero um, to get the ambulance there, and I spent four days in hospital. And, and Wayne, sort of post your stroke, mate, have you got any side effects that, that have been sort of um, yeah, are, 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 are a direct result of the stroke? No no doubt, looking back in hindsight, there was um, probably a, a month earlier where I was feeling tingling in the, in the tongue. I was certainly feeling it a couple of occasions there where I had to pull over on the side of the road while driving and have a, a 15, 20-minute sleep because I kept thinking that I was, I was tired. And uh, if I look back in hindsight, the writing was on the wall that I was in, in real big trouble. Yeah. And in, and since you've had that, I know, and we'll talk a bit, bit about what weight you're at at the moment, what, you, what you're doing and, and the lifestyle change you, you had to do straight after you realised, what are the effects of what you went through from the TIA? Well, the interesting part after the first one, I think the, my reaction was I went in there and, and then obviously I had to get all the tests done and we were going through that COVID situation where you, you had to wait in line to you know with the hospitals um i got pushed through a little bit quicker but four weeks later i had a, a second stroke and it was exactly the same thing again and i knew then that i was in trouble and um and and from there it, it was like you know if, if i go back in there again i'll be going back with a full-on stroke and that's the warning that i got i was 198 kilos i couldn't believe it i'd gone from the biggest loser where I was 162 kilos and thinking I was big. Um, and I got to 198 and, I, and the doctor just said to me, wait, you've just got to lose this weight. 190, and, 198. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. um, I mean, it's a bit like that bloody Pakistani cricketer. He couldn't get to 200 yesterday either, could he, Wayne? But we don't want yeah. to, you don't want to be at 200. The, uh, I thought and exactly the same. And yeah. you've already dropped, um, you've dropped, what, 20 since you, since you changed your world around? Yeah, in two months I've dropped. I've been able to drop 20, uh, 20 kilos. On I've had a lot of help from um, the ex-trainer of the Biggest Loser, Shannon Ponton. He's he's helped us. You know we're on a pretty a pretty strict regime of um, of calories. But but I had to be. I, you know I I couldn't afford to do this slowly. I, I, I was having to drop the weight. And I, since I've started, I haven't had any signs like I've had previously. I'm I'm feeling better. I'm getting more mobile, and. I just know that day by day it's getting better, getting better. You know, I, I was diagnosed with severe sleep apnea, which does come with a lot of over, overweight people. And I'm thinking, the, the way that the doctor's talking to me now is that the sleep apnea, severe sleep apnea, looks like it's been the major cause of having the tear stroke. Okay. okay. And, and, and what about other related... Um Oh, like other related illnesses like diabetes and things like that. Wayne, is, is that a challenge for you as well? It, it, well, interesting you say that. I, I, I went in not thinking I'd ever had diabetes. I got diagnosed with diabetes while I was in there. So, so now I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the shots once a week. Um, I'm on all the tablets. Um, but the one thing that you notice about weight loss is that if you can lose the weight, the diabetes can go away. Yeah. And that's something that I want. I, I don't want to be on tablets all my life. You know what I mean? That's. Yeah. I'm on blood pressure tablets now to bring the blood pressure down. I diabetes tablets. I'm not a person for it, and I understand the benefit of it, but but right now it's just a, you know, my 16-year-old daughter broke down crying and saying, Dad, I don't want you to leave me. 
and, yeah. and the pressure was on. You know, emotionally, emotionally, weight gets the people. Yeah, and they, they might not say it, but you know, you, you you don't look at the scales very often when you're putting on weight because you don't want to. Yeah. You know, so say, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and I think Wayne, look, I mean, you know, even from my point of view, mate, I am a bigger fella, and um, you know what what we're talking about, particularly in your in your you know your you're brave enough to come and have a frank conversation about this, but you know there are a lot of people that um, that are dealing with these same circumstances every day, and you know sometimes change maybe is the biggest obstacle. And, and making that decision to change as opposed to the process past that decision. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I think a lot of the times if you've been involved in sport from a young age, and I was all the way through till about 32, and I, I did my cruciate look at my knee and I decided that I would finish. When you're playing sport, you can eat and drink what you like yeah. because you're training all the time. Yeah. Once you stop training and you're not doing anything anymore, the weight just comes, just pours back on. So if you don't replace that, that football or that cricket or whatever you're doing and you just keep going down your normal lifestyle, you're going to stack on the weight. Mm. And let me tell you, now at 198, having to get back to 98 and drop 100 kilos in 12 months is a complete life change for me that I don't want to be having a stroke anymore. I don't want another one. You know what Mm. I mean? Like, I'm done. I've got to lose the weight. Let's go back, um, Wayne. This is where the the interesting side of things with with weight and putting it on and losing it and all that. And people can just assume straight away, probably they don't know you, or he, he must have always been a big bloke. Let's go back as a young bloke, mate. You were not a big bloke, were you? You played footy, no. Aussie rules. I mean, we talk a bit no, about I, kicked I, 32 goals once. Yeah, no, I made the Queensland Teal Cup. I, I played at Cooparoo and, you know, when Dunstall was going to Hawthorne, I was like the next in line and, you know, I was kicking plenty of goals. And, and as you said, I kicked 32-6-1 game. But that was the day that I had Jason playing in the he side. He was in the side. I've yeah. talked to Jason about it. He, yeah. he mentions it. He said, what a great effort. Andy Colenso, Michael Gibson, Kel Miller, all those yeah. blokes, weren't they? But I can't take I can't take all the credit for that because <laughs> they, were such, they were such good blokes that, you know, at quarter time, I, I'd kick 10 goals at quarter time. And I remember Kelvin and Andy Colenso because they were very team-oriented, those blokes, as you'd know, Bangers. Yeah. They just sell... Let's get the record for Wayne. Let's get the record. So, goals. Yeah, hang on a minute. So you kicked 32 goals in one game. And Dunstall's playing, and he's playing in yeah, the one match. But, yeah, but, mate, Jason was feeding me all day. Like, you and know, Jason, Jason doesn't normally give food away either. <laughs> no, mate, he gave, he gave me – I don't think Jason kicked many that day, but i tell you what, if I kicked 32, I think 26 might have come from Jason. Yeah, that's amazing. Mate, that's, know, that's incredible. He was a, Yes. Unbelievable footballer. Unbelievable. And, and so this is what I get that day. You're you're playing Teal Cup. I mean, that's under 17 mm. for Queensland. I mean, you know. You're mm. Yeah, yeah. I played Teal Cup. The day, the day I kicked 32 was against Kedron. We were playing playing Kedron. We Back in those days, the 19s played in the reserve grade and the, and the seniors. I was, I was playing under 19s. I was only 16 years of age and I was playing in the 19s. And big bloke, though? You always, I mean, you were a big lad. No, when I say, no, when I say no, big, no, I mean no, tall. I, you weren't tall? No, I was very, I was very lean, mate. I, I, you know, I'd win most of the, you know, the cross country, the the five thousand, the ten thousand at school, and all those sorts of things, mate. I, I was really fit, to be quite honest. Did, yeah. did you enjoy running, mate? No, I hated it. Yeah. I, I'm a bit like, you know, you know yeah. remember Jason? I hear, heard your story about Jason yeah. liking the running. I, I didn't like it, but I was pretty good at it. And but what I was was competitive. Mm. And when it comes to school. Because I was training so hard throughout that Teal Cup and you were doing three-hour sessions on Sundays as well as your 
you training for cricket and football. Mm. I was just fit. I was fit. That's all. Mm. And, and yeah, so and that so you're loving life's going along really well. You're playing footy. Um, you your dad gets real crook. He has a heart attack. I lost dad. He he, um, he, we, he came home one day, and uh, I remember him coming over. The, he'd gone to take my, my sister's car up to the service station. He came. He fell over the fence down the backyard. He he got up to the stairs and he collapsed and he was having a massive heart attack right in front of me. So, that you know, um, I lost I lost him at I lost him at twenty one. Mm, that would have been tough, mate. Hey. Oh, mate, and then and then from then I, I only played football for dad. You know, like you know, dad's mm. there and and and, and mum's there every game. I I just played for the family, mate. I I really wasn't playing for myself. I. I just wanted to go and get in the car after the game and say, Dad, how do I go? Yeah. Oh, you went well, son, or you, you had a shocker. And most dads in those days, bangers, as you'd know, the old style, oh, you could have improved here, you could have done this, you could have done that a bit better, but but I loved it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And when Dad died, there was a sense of um, not really wanting to fulfil anything about playing A grade, and and I was happy then just to go with my mates and play in the, in the local competition, you know? Mm. Is, that, um, is that the start of the... Putting a bit of weight on when you gave the footy yeah, away. Yeah, it certainly was. It certainly was Nagas because I wasn't the most keenest trainer in the yeah, world. Yeah. So when I could go to, to training at the local competition and get away with uh, doing one session a week, and you knew you could still turn up and kick eight to ten goals, mm. I, I was able to do that. So I hardly trained, but I was kicking 120 goals a season in the local competition. You know, so mm. um, it, it became. And I was, I've heard the boys talk about it. It's all about your mates. The reason you played cricket and football. Mm. You know, that, that was what it was all about for me too. It becomes a process. He's still playing a little bit of playing a little bit of footy. You get married, um, exactly. And, and are you yep. noticing at this stage here? Are you, you know, are you noticing that you're becoming a, a big bloke? No, no, oh, mate. I knew I'd gone to from probably ninety kilos to about one twenty, but being six foot three and things like that, you could cover it pretty well. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and you and you didn't feel like you were over. Overly weight, you, you still enjoyed it. You were still able to do your thing in, in football because you'd gone back three grades, bangers. As you'd know in cricket, you go back, you go back three grades, and you can still get, you can still get some runs. You know what I mean? And you're right, mate. Being six foot three, you know, there, there's a there's a lot of body there to fill up, mate. So you know, you're right. You can, you can sort of almost. Um, you can always mark, almost mask that Loose weight shirts, you've got, you know, shirts, and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I don't think you can really tell much difference because when I was 120 to when I was 97 kilos, and you know, and, and in the biggest loser, mate, that last five kilos, I spent the night before with plastic bags around me around Sydney, walking around the rocks every hour trying to drop five or six kilos for the weigh-in. So how long did you carry the weight for, mate? I would imagine, I would imagine a while. I was not the biggest loser at about 43. I'd imagine I carried the weight from about 34, yep. 35, and going up regularly, probably 10, 15 kilos a year from there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and tried all the diets under the sun and all that sort of stuff? No, probably didn't try all the diets under the sun, mate. I was living a life where I was I was married. I was a, I was a bigger bloke. I, I just – I took it that – it's big Wayne, you know. All of yeah. a sudden you, you start getting – you get that name and – you, you don't like it as a bloke, but you never say anything to your mates. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's but it's big Wayno, big mm. Wayno, and mm. and I and I've got to be honest, I hate it. Mm. But I never used to say anything to your mates because 
they don't really mean much by it. You know what I mean? They, the mates that know you are mates you've had for a long, long time, you know? It's funny you say that, mate. When I, I saw some photos the other day of me at around the 30 age group and and I must have put on – I didn't go through the scales, but I, I became Big Vern, you know, Air Vern, and yeah. my mates call me Vern, calling me Big Vern. I'm thinking, yes, I think I'm not that big. Mm. And and I yeah. and I, but I looked at some photos the other day and said, shit, I was pretty big. Mm. <laughs> it yeah. was. It's funny how it works. Jeez, bangers! I thought I was 198 kilos. I'm still not thinking I was big, mate. Now, stupid or what? <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean. So, and and, and that's when you, you you realize, mate, that if you look back a month or two earlier, I'm very lucky that I'm still here today. To be honest. Yeah. And, mate, with the weight, um, you know, obviously you, you go to the shops and you buy a slightly bigger shirt or a bigger pair of pants and all that yeah. sort of stuff, mate. You know, sort of how was your mental health through it as well? Like, did you sort of did you sort of mask that or, or were you – Oh, no, no. I mean, the, the mental health is, is, is really tough. I mean, you go through a marriage where you're overweight and you, you know you're overweight. You don't want to take the clothes off, as you'd probably be aware, and you've probably heard it a thousand times. I'm more open to talking about it now than what I've ever been. But, but you know, you just wouldn't um, – oh, I mean, I, you, you, you just didn't want to – you know, if you're in the room and you're being in it with your, with your wife, you want the lights off. You know what I mean? Biggest Loser. Before The Biggest Loser, you had a life-changing experience. You were in the car one day with your, with a couple yeah. of with your kids and your, your, your daughter and your stepson, and um, you that was a bit of a light bulb moment. Uh, that was the catalyst for going on the on the biggest loser bangers. Like well, I, I travelled in that we're living at Greenbank at the time on acreage, and we travelled down a road where it goes down quite low, and there was a, a, a big storm coming. I picked up my daughter from daycare, and I had the stepson in the back seat of the car, and I drove down the road that I've driven down every week for for years and years, and it was slightly flooded, and uh, you know, being that that bravo guy, I thought, oh shit, I don't want to turn around. I'll drive straight through it. For, for one fleeting moment in my life, I wound the window down because I couldn't see. I wound the window down on my, on my passenger side right down. I went to drive through it so I could see lining the road up because you had the water all over the road and you're trying to line up, you know, where the, the actual road was. Mm. And I, I got stuck and, and the car went off. And uh, the one thing I didn't realise, bangers, was you don't have power. And if I hadn't have wound the window down, we wouldn't have got out outside of kicking the window in. So you get out oh, of the yeah. car and you're, 100 and you're basically 150, 160 kilos. Yeah, and, and, and I struggled to get out of the car. Oh, I, remember wow. saying to me, I remember saying to my stepson, I said, I don't care how you get me out because we were worried the water level was coming up. I said, mate, just push me out of the window. And he pushed me out of the window. I fell into the water. I got back up. I said, pass my daughter. And I said to my daughter, hang on to me like a monkey, love, because we were in water up the chest deep. I said, hang on like a monkey and we'll walk our way out of this. We walked our way out. Half an hour later, um, we got home and I'm shaking and we went back to see where the car was and the car was completely under. So complete write-off, the car was, car was gone. If we, if I hadn't have wound the window down, and I think it's a warning for anyone that, you know, once, you, once your car gets done with water, you can't wind windows down because they're all power windows. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? Like, I've never, never realised it. And I suppose, mate, you're in this situation. You're, there's two. There's two light bulb moments here. One, you're a dickhead for driving through the water, oh. um, and you've gone. You know, you just don't do that. But the second one, it must have all just hit you. Then, hey, I'm. I really got to do something about this. Oh well, you, you fear for your daughter. You know, a little four year old clinging clinging onto her father. You know, and I 
and I've just put her life at risk by doing that. Mm. I think you use the right words. What a dickhead! Mm. And and then and that's about right. I'm just use the language, but that's that's the reality of the whole thing. You know, mate. Did you maybe also underestimate you know, your ability to physically be able to manage that situation as well, mate? Just with you know the body mass you're carrying and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I I think that any of us in any of that situation, you get put into it. You've got to react. Yeah. And yeah. when the water's pouring into your car, you got a little kid at the back who really didn't know what was going on. And I, I'm trying to tell her, oh, we're just going to go swimming for a little while. You know, like mm. you, you're trying to clear to the kid so she's not upset. Mm. And then the stepson, who was a was a was a great help, and he, he was physically pretty fit, and he helped us, and we we got through it. And um, yeah, I certainly was shaking. Yeah. Wow. I really was. So when did the the biggest loser? Who? How did that happen? Oh, I just instigated it and applied. I, I wanted to lose the weight. I, I, I tried to do it on my own, but I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? So I, I thought, well, this is the easiest way. You go on the show, you can't eat any food because the food's all locked away. Mm. And you you just put yourself into it and uh, and hope you can get through to the end. You know, you're back to your own personality, hoping if I stay here long enough, I'll lose some weight. So what about the process, mate? Obviously, you must have had to send a photo in of yourself and, and that sort of stuff. Like, like how did they, um, you know, were they, were they looking for maybe something even more underlying than just your physical body mass, you know, maybe, you know, a, a bit of a story behind who you were? Uh, yeah, that's interesting. When, you know, when you go on the show, you think it's all about weight loss. In reality, in reality as they said to you, it's all about the TV show first. Yeah. And it's about the, it's about the weight loss second. So, you know, they're looking for characters in the whole show. They're looking for the villains. They're looking for the for the for the stories. They're, they're looking for all different types. That's going to um, be able to form a form a cast, I suppose. Yeah, that's the way I see it. Yeah. So, what do you reckon your character was, mate? I mean, I was definitely the villain. Yeah, I was definitely portrayed as um, <laughs> virtually the uh, El Capone of controlling about ten people. Yeah. We formed a group called. We formed our own little group in the show and. Uh, and it was called the firm, and we were just we were just a holy intent on sticking together to get to the halfway mark because we thought if we get to the halfway mark, we're all going to lose thirty and forty kilos. Yeah. So so one by one we were just potting potting people to keep ourselves in the show long enough to lose the weight. Mm. Hey, mate, I'm I'm curious. Um, you mentioned before, like you know, you know, you're putting on weight so you purposely don't get on the scales. So, yeah. you know, you've decided to go on to a show that the whole of Australia is going to see what's going on. Mate, what was it like stepping on the scales for that first time? And, you, and you know, you you sort of saw, um, but Australia saw at the same time, you know, exactly where you were at. Shirt off too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's humiliating, but you're doing it to the team, yep. if you know what I mean. Yep. And, you, and you've got 12 to 18 people that or, or that are there that are in the same situation and they're exposing themselves. And you spilt that you spilt a bit of probably about three weeks prior getting to know each other and hearing each other's stories. Yeah. And you got to feed off it a little bit because there was always someone that had a worse story than what you had. And if that was the small sacrifice you were making to lose that weight, then a bit like going on Facebook and I said to you, bangers where you know we've got a hundred odd people you know, following what's going on, I, that's the only way I'm going to lose the weight, and I'm going to do that. Put a bit of pressure on you, you know? on yourself. When yep. you go to the Biggest Loser, so is it in Sydney? How many how many were on the show first up? I think there was. We were, I was in I was in groups, so I've gone in with a partner, 
and we'd gone, there was probably about eight eight partners, I suppose, 16, okay. there would have been. So your yeah. partner was someone you knew beforehand or they gave you the partner when you get there? It was my ex, ex-football coach. So when, when you enter, um, like how long do they give you before, you know, Michelle Bridges or whoever comes out and goes, righto, it's, it's time to start. We're on. Did they get you on the drink early like that? Yes. Mass, you know, mass yeah. they're drinking, having big dinner parties. And- no, mate, no. There was never anything you – you had a fridge, you had a room for breakfast and dinner, and every bit of food that was in there was virtually low-calorie food that really you just couldn't put any weight on. And it's not a bad idea. It's like a fridge scenario where everything in there is just good for you. Mm. So what I tended to find is if there wasn't a biscuit or there wasn't something in there, I didn't feel like eating because I didn't really – your body was used to craving that sugar. Mm. So I ended up being – for breakfast, I was just on the special K in the morning I'd have an, a, an apple and maybe something for lunch and then I'd have probably, I don't know, a salad for dinner. Uh, I, I, I'd gone the wrong way about it because I, I was dropping big numbers early on. Mm. But, you know, is it the safe way to do it? Definitely not. Definitely not because, you know, if anyone knows when you lose your weight, the quicker you lose it, the quicker you put it back on afterwards if you don't stick to it. Yeah. The, mate, so you, you're, you're down there, you're on national television um, yeah. you're doing the exercise. I think you mentioned to me recently that there's a bit of smoke and mirrors with the show, I suppose, and it has to be in a lot of these shows, but um, your first weigh-in, how did that go? Well, the first week, when you see it on TV as one-week weigh-in, it's virtually equivalent to probably 17 days of filming. So okay. most of it all the time was about 16, 17 days. Right. So, you know, you look at it, you see the scales in one week and you've dropped 15 kilos or 14 kilos. No, everyone, you know, there's no way in the world any of us can lose 14 kilos in a week. Yeah. So it was virtually based on that three weeks. You know, you're probably looking at dropping four kilos a week to four and a half. The training-wise, you did most of the training was done on your own. You'd have to get up early in the morning. You know, filming was normally good go anything from seven in the morning through till nine at night. And you'd have to train beforehand and you'd have to train afterwards. And then in between... There may be probably you'd have your trainer probably twice a week, maybe three times a week. And that was um, your mate you just mentioned before, Shannon, who you said's a ripping bloke. Yeah, and they'd be they'd be normally about forty five minute sessions, or if you'd gone out for a filming situation, you you, you could go for three or four hours. Yeah, you know, just filming certain things or what or what you're doing or competitions or eating eating things. You know what I mean? There was always challenges on the show. Yeah, and 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 from a um. Uh, like from a production point of view or an editing point of view, would they give you a schedule sort of for a week or a day to, just to let you guys know? No, daily, daily schedule. You'd know what you are got to do or where you are got to be. You know, every time you'd, you'd done a training session, you'd have the interview process afterwards. It could go for 45 minutes where you were asked questions about the training session yeah. and things like that. And you'd always have to give three answers. Um, one would be the truth. Two would be the answer they want for TV. And three would be in between. So that was the way it always was. So just as a matter of interest, mate, how many uh, how many of your uh, questions did they run with the truth? Oh, well, Good I think what they uh, – he's asked – you asked the hard ones here, Blake. Sorry, yeah. mate. I'm doing, look, I'm doing my best, mate. I'm just uh, honest bloke having a crack. <laughs> I think the, the way the questions come across to you would be is what do you think of such and such? And I'd say it's a pretty good bloke. Yeah. What would you think of Blakey if he did this to you? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be real bloody happy with what he just did to me. Yeah. And that could be the answer that would come across. But I, it probably wasn't what you were, were saying in the first place. Sure. But what I was saying in the first place wasn't real great TV. 
Mate, so you're you're losing weight pretty quickly. How long did the show go for? Three months. The show the show went for um, I think five months. I think it was November through to about March. I only stayed on the show till probably about Christmas time. I you, you couldn't make any phone calls. What was going on? And I, I had my own business back home, and I I wanted to know what was going on because I kept away from the phone call. You couldn't speak to your wife. And I decided to break out with a mate one night because I was down the road, and they had security guards on all the doors. Seriously? So we broke out. We broke out like ex-prisoners, and uh, I made my way down to the uh, Manly Hospital and did reverse phone call charge to home, and found out that my wife was really struggling. My sister had been with having cancer and things like that, and oh. she was just breaking down. And I said, "Well, I'll, I'll get myself voted out and I'll come home." Always knowing that in the back of my mind that in the last week of the show, if you won the marathon, which was 42 kilometres, get back into the finale, you'd back into the final five or six. So, yeah, so I, I knew if I won the 42 kilometre marathon, I'd get back into the show. So I could be in for three months and then and went back uh, and I, all the contestants come back and I won the marathon pretty easy and I got back into the final six and then I got into the final four. Incredible. Now, mate, I just want to go back to that. You're not allowed to talk to your family for no, how, how no many contact. months? Oh, if you're on the show for five months, you've got no contact at all for five no months. No contact at all. That's, that's ridiculous. No, no contact. That, that was hard for a lot of people, you know. I think that there was a couple of challenges throughout where your family got brought down where if you won it, but only if you won it, you'd get the family come down, you know what I mean? That's, and, mate, do they give you support um, based around that decision they make? Oh, there's there's support there. I I don't know in reality when I would say it was enough support because you're going through a pretty tough time as it is. So you know it's it's certainly hard. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, well, they train you pretty hard, didn't they? That was that's it's a no. The training was mainly done by yourself, but yes. Oh, really? That so that that's this all? Yeah, the that's making mirrors. Training and having to lose the weight. You'd do two hours in the morning. You'd do two hours at night. And if you didn't, you'd get voted out. The trainers themselves as impersonal when when you see a film would probably be two times a week or three times a week for forty five minute session. Mm, and I suppose the other contestants too, mate, they'd be pretty quick to uh, let people know that you're not uh, you're not doing your bit. Oh, exactly, definitely. They'd all they'd all dob each other in, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did your mate go that you went on with? Um, he he was out after about probably five weeks or six weeks with a health problem. Oh. And I uh, couldn't complete the show, so I was on the on me Pat Malone for most of the show. On yeah. you. So when you left, so on your last weigh-in, you've gone from what 160 to 98, correct? 98.2, I think it was. Yeah. Incredible. So you come home, 98.2. The te- the show's not even on yet, is it? You uh, no. So when no. the show goes on, here's an interesting one too for you. What was the celebrity like in you know? Because you become a celebrity for a while, didn't you? You were like a rock star for five months. I've never been to a restaurant before where they said to you, no, we're full, and all of a sudden someone recognises you and you get told that here's a seat over here for you two. You'd walk in the street and someone would come up to you. No, it was, it was full on for probably that period of time, five months, and then it just went, disappeared. And knocking back, um, you know, Mary, but knocking back all these Sheilas, I bet, that would have been trying to get onto you. <laughs> it was certainly, for a while, when you had a, when you were a bigger bloke all your life, and, you you know, then you had all of a sudden you had the attention coming. The attention was more towards... You've lost the way you've been on TV. That was that was where no, most of the attention know, come from. Yeah, that mm. would have been. It, it didn't go down real well. Put it that way, bang. It didn't help the marriage. <laughs> mm. <laughs> when all these Sheila's coming up, wanted to, wanted to talk to you. Yeah. And yeah, how I, was, she was, 
I think the wife was happy that I put the weight back on. Yeah. <laughs> but how, how were you feeling in yourself, mate? Oh, mate, you felt like a rock star. Yeah. Seriously felt really, really good. Like, I, you know, you can tell, you know, what, what your body, your body, when you get that, that weight down, you know, I should never put the weight back on. Never. Never. Terrible. And, okay, so let's get to that now. So you're... You're in a position now, you've been on the show, you get back, you're a rock star, you're going through all of this, it's on television. Um, then life goes on for a few years. Yeah, it then, does. You put then, weight on. And you're putting it back on again pretty quickly or you're... Yeah, very quickly, very quickly. Do they follow you up, the biggest loser? No. No. No, 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 no follow up, mate. It was, once it's all over, it's over. So you're putting it back on again. And I, when I first met you, um, I think you put a bit back on. But the marriage breakup um, then became that escalated. Could I say that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah no doubt, no, no doubt that you know. I think the the, the weight and um, and and the marriage breakup. Well, I blame yourself because when you put weight on, you start to become a little bit cranky. You start to get a lot more angry. Okay. Mm. <laughs> you you are carrying that weight. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, and you, because you noticed that you you noticed the change in your own body. And you also, oh. there's also probably a little bit of, you know, what am I doing? But you just don't, you don't stop. That's exactly right. Wayne, with the weight, putting the weight on and your marriage is broken up, could I say that your reason for putting weight on is you, when you're struggling emotionally, that's your way of coping? Bangers, you're on 100% bangers, you're on it. That's, I mean, just, you know, this is all about, people are listening out there, that people might be having their own weight loss battle. And that's what we want to try and get. I know you're having your you, – we've got your story on and we're going to talk a bit more about where you're at and what you're going to do. But just to try and help people get through that process when they're struggling and they want to eat to get over it, what's, what's your advice for them? Well, I, I think where I found the problem was, being is that when you get to 50 and you, you're out of a marriage, it becomes, uh, well, you know – you know, you're not chasing anymore. You're more of you're happy in your own space. You're happy in your own time, and the snacking becomes something that becomes more and more and more. And as you get older, you get um, more preach. Your body, you you get less exercising, and your body starts to really slow down. And I think that what happens is that that I personally let my body slow down instead of trying to keep it going at a pace that would keep the weight off. And Hence, that's why I'm doing it right now. You know that at 198, I can tell you right now, I, I couldn't go and walk 40 metres. Mm. You know, and, and that was a real concern to me. I couldn't work it out. I, I'd go and walk 40 metres, I'd be sweating. Mm. And I'm thinking, you know, your heart's starting to feel it, you know, and it, it's at a real dangerous weight. Mm. And even this, this 20 kilos might not sound a lot to you, but it's given me being able to walk for two or three kilometres on the beach. Yeah, man, It's allowed right. me now to get... And, and Shannon used to say to me, mate, and he, and he said to me religiously in the show, remember what food's for? Food is just to keep your body ticking over. You wouldn't give your car bad fuel, so don't give your body bad fuel. Mm. Yeah, and good. it's just, it's stuck with me, mate. You know, when you're going out there and you're thinking of having the, the sausage roll, you're giving your car dirty fuel. Mm. You're going to have problems. Mm. You yeah. know, and, yeah. and that's... And that's stuck with me, man. And it's, it's nothing now that I I live by going to the service stations and walking out where I'd have the, 
the V or the Red Bull, I'd have the sausage roll, I'd have something else. I, you know, I've got a job where I supply drinks to all convenience stores, and there wouldn't be a store I'd walk in without wanting to buy some food. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where it's it's all been. Yeah. So, mate, would you consider yourself a, a, like a constant grazer, or would you be more of a binge, yeah. binge eater? No, constant grazer yeah. and a stress eater. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's, that would be my biggest my biggest concern. It's uh, So the, the weight starts going on, mate, and I haven't seen you for a couple of years, but 198, you get to 198, that's big, isn't it? Really big. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I, well, there was a bloke on the show that was 212 kilos, and I thought, holy hell, how do you let yourself get to that weight? Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm at 198, and I'm thinking, I'm, a, I'm just off at where he was. You know, and and the worst part is, I wish people had a said to me, "Wait, what are you weighing in at the moment, mate?" I wish, I wish I'd had a couple of mates really put it on me. Yeah. You know, because no one was really saying anything. Because when you're when you're 180 kilos, 190 kilos, and you're six foot four, not many people say much to you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, mate, what do you? <laughs> you realize, you know, I'm watching these NRL footballers going around now playing, and they're saying, "Gee, he's a big boy. He's, a, he's 135 kilos." Oh. And I'm thinking, oh, mate, you're a lightweight. You'd yeah. be a heartbreak in my team. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mate, what are you doing? You put it into, what are you you doing? Put it into perspective. What are you doing, mate? What's the when you, when you made that decision, what, a, a month ago, whatever it was, yeah. what was the change that has helped you already lose your 20? And, I, and please talk about a little bit about the people behind you now, a lot of them are from The Biggest Loser, correct? Oh, no. I, well, when I said that, I put I posted the story about the stroke. It really scared me. I knew they'd be in The Biggest Loser. I, I knew that most of the blokes that were on my show had put the weight back on, the majority. I knew there'd been a couple that had had the lap band operation. And I don't say anything about the lap band because that's their own personal choice. I just have a buddy think about me that's competitive and thinks that, well, I'm the one that put the 90 kilos on. I'm the one that should take it off. And if I go and get a lap band, I won't feel, I'll feel like I'm cheating. You know what I mean? And it's not for, it's not, everyone has their own, their own story. Everyone has their own diet plan and the way to do it. And what works for me might not work for you. All I say to you is if you find something in the gym and you're losing your weight, stick to what you are doing. Because it's not for everyone. You know what I mean? Mm. So what works for you, mate? What works for me is low calories. You know, like, um, I, I stick to, to virtually a very basic three meals a day. And, you know, once or twice there, mate, where I'm checking my weight and I'm losing 0.200 grams a day or 300 grams a day, and I, I go and have one crumb sausage, I put on 300 grams a day. So I, I just can't afford to, to have that food anymore, you know? Mm. I love the chicken roll. I love the hot dog. Yeah, but yeah, I just yeah. can't. It, it doesn't. It loves me too much. Yeah. yeah, I like that end bit of the chicken yeah. roll. I've so, had one for 20 years. So how, yeah, so how do you go at the moment, mate? Like, because, I mean, you just brought it up then and, you know, you're, you're on your diet, which which is fantastic. But what do you do those days, you know, you, you, you might be just craving something and you just go, geez, I could slaughter a bloody chicken roll right now. Oh, it, it, it's, you, you can't sit here and say, oh, I just ignore it. You know, you've got to be a realist in this world that yeah. you do crave it and, I try to take myself away from it. That's that's what I, I try to do. If I'm keeping my mind, um, you know, I know my first meal I have at 7 o'clock breakfast. I know my next meal's at 1. I know my next meal's at 6. And I set an alarm for it, to be honest. Okay. And I know when the that's just for me, but I set the alarm, the alarm goes off. Oh, great, I've got lunch. And the alarm goes off, I've got dinner. 
and I've stuck to a routine of having green tea. I have green tea now probably five times a day because it increases the metabolism and allows your body to, to lose weight um, at a quicker rate. You're not a big, never were a big drinker, were you? I don't drink, I don't smoke. No, I didn't think so. Yeah, yeah so, no. So, so I'm, beer's I'm, not an issue. No, I'm back as if I'm with you and, and we're at a function and we were doing a, a charity fun day, I'd have a beer. Yeah, yeah, you but, know not, what I mean? but, but you're, you're not, you're driving. You, you know, you're not. No, you're not no. having. You're not having many. You're having a couple. You know, that's all. You'd be. Always the always the bloke in the football team bangers who was driving people all over the place. That was me. That was you. So it's not like you. And in in a lot of ways, that's a good thing. I mean, it, for losing, when I you know I need to lose a few kilos myself, and I, and it's about um, my biggest issue is beer. I love beer. So you haven't got that yeah. battle. You haven't got the beer battle. The soft drink. I don't, no. I don't like soft drink. Really. I mean, is it a, is soft drink an, an addiction? Was there an addiction there with you with the soft drink? Yeah, 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 no, big soft drink, mate. I've taken myself now where, you know, from the soft drink, I mean, we were allowed on The Biggest Loser to have um, zero, zero, and we were allowed to have uh, Pepsi Max because there's no, no sugar content, no calories. I don't know if it's good for you. I, I've, I've changed now. Do I just drink kombuchas? And I have kombucha or I have water. That's where I, I virtually am at. Yeah. Water's a good, I mean, I think water's very underrated. I mean, it's something that well, you... Well, fish piss in it. Yeah, fish. <laughs> 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 I just think in water there is something that when you are hungry, to have a glass of water can take that... Yeah, that, yeah absolutely. I think, I think the water also helps the weight loss bangers. I think the, the more you, that, that two litres of water situation helps to flush the, um, the food through your body. Yeah. And, and I think that it makes a massive difference. That's why I always say you've got to drink two litres a day or, or what it may be. So, mm. you're, um, so today, what have you had today? Um, mate, I'll tell you, uh, for breakfast I had a, um, uh, like a, cr- a cracker biscuit, a low cracker biscuit, avocado, cheese and tomato, two of them. Yep. That was about 250, 300 calories. Uh, for lunch it was a salad roll. And then for dinner tonight it will be steamed veggies and probably 200 grams of chicken. 200 grams of chicken. And you're weighing all of that now? You've got to weigh like a machine? And no, no, don't, I don't weigh any of it. No. No. I, I'm not going to be in that situation. You can see what you're doing. Yeah, I, you know, the steamed veggies, I don't know. What, what, what I've found now, mate, is since I've been on the diet, the food tastes better. When I have the steamed veggies at night, I demolish it. You know what I mean? Because you, you are generally hungry. Um, the, the beans, the, you know, the, the broccolini, all those things. I would never have eaten a green in my life. I was a mashed potato and sausage man. Yeah, you know? that's great. Hey, hey, mate, good on you. I've got a, actually, I've got a mate of mine who's on, done exactly what you're doing, uh, Michael Crane. He's on Facebook and he's... He's put his battle right out there on for everyone to see. He was yeah. 145 kilos. He's just got down under 120, and he'll be. I texted him this morning. He'll be listening to this. And there's so many people out there that have got this battle. And you're saying now that since you've started yours, you've got all these guys from the Biggest Loser that are. You've inspired a lot of those people. Could could I say oh, that? Got, we 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 got people on the same plan that we're doing, and uh, and each month we weigh we weigh in, and um, a lot of them won't disclose their weight, but they disclose it to me. And they give me their goal. They might be a couple. I mean, two of the girls that were on the show were 106 kilos to start with. They've blown up to 120 after the show, and they want to get back to 70 kilos. And, yeah. and from women's point of view, they, they, they find a way to real battle mentally. You know what I mean? And mm. um, as, as much as probably men do, but I mean, women, I think, feel it more that there's always that peer pressure with women. You know what I mean? And um, and if I can help, if I can help two or three of them by doing this, then I've done my job. Yep. And mate, when you um like when you start to get down to you know your goal or, or where you um you know where you you want to be, um 
mate, you know, what have you discussed with with Shannon or, or anybody else? You know, what, what's that look like on the other side? And what, what you know, what what's your lifestyle look like on the other side? Yeah, I'm pretty keen when I get to 97 kilos, mate, to go in fashions of the fields at the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, good on you. I thought I'd be, I thought I'd be a serious chance there at about 55, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you go no. well. You go well. Just get. No, no, I'm just, I, you know, Shannon's just a, a person that motivates you. And the, the worse you get, the more he motivates you. And he's just encouraging me. I send through my weight to him every month. He has sent through a, a diet plan of foods to stick to. And so you can change him around a little bit, and he'll check on me. He'll check in now for the next ten months or till I've lost the weight. Mate, that's and is he just is he doing that for nothing? Is this as a friend? It doesn't cost a cent, mate. He's not one of those blokes that you know. He, other people on that show would have been on it for money, and they'd want money for it. Whereas this bloke, he's he, he's kept as a pretty not as a friend. I haven't heard from him for a year or two years, but someone told him that I was in trouble, and he was on the phone straight away to ring me. Oh, so he reached out to you, mate. You didn't have to reach yeah, out to him. Yeah, no, I didn't have to reach out to him. He, he got a he got a text message from one of the people that had seen it on Facebook, and he he jumped to it straight away and rang me and said, "How can I help? I'm here to help." Mate, that is incredible. And actually, I'd like to get him on the podcast, Blakey. Yeah. If if, if you know someone that knows him, <laughs> that'd be really good. He's got a great story, hadn't he? He's a, he's a great bloke on weight loss, and um, yeah, he he'd certainly tell you exactly the way it is. Hey, Wayne, mate, it's just, um, it's great to, to have you on the show on just having a crack, mate, to talk about your journey and what you've done. And thanks for being so bloody honest, mate, with it all. And I hope that oh, someone mate, else... I, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like I'm letting you show down a little bit, mate, with all the big stars you have on the show. I mean, I'm no. just an average bloke, um, you know. But if we can help anybody, if this show helps people to lose some weight and to stay alive, and we won't know, but I'm sure that what we do today may stop one person from having a stroke, then it's been a massive success. Yeah, you know what, Wayne, in all fairness, the, when, we, when we started just having a crack, the, the, basically the brief between Banger and I was is that we just want more people talking and, and, yeah. and, and you know, it doesn't matter whether you're famous or non-famous, it doesn't mean that your story is any, less, any more or less important. Yeah, it's exactly oh, I right, mate. And you I know what? You know what? You're pretty famous. You kick 32 goals in the same side as Jason Dunstall. And a lot of people can't kick 32 in a career. <laughs> in the career, there's, not there's, there's not many footballers that can say they kick more goals than Jason in a game. I can tell you. Well, uh, 24 goals, mate. Your story is a. Uh, it's an ongoing story. We'll keep in touch, and anything yeah. that Blakey and I can do, mate. If you ever want to go for a walk or something, just give us a ring and. And um, and we'll we'll talk to you while you're walking. No, we'll yeah. come and walk with you, mate. I love you, you're a great bloke, mate. You're a really good fella, and um, keep going with what you're doing. Thanks for your time, boys. Thank you. Hi, you've been listening to Just Having a Crack. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you jump across to our Facebook page and like our Facebook page, and more importantly, like the podcast on your favourite podcast app. That's correct, mate. I, I'm getting my head around this now, Blakey, because I am a complete Luddite. Yeah. But now to work out, subscribe, podcast station, people say to me, how do we listen to the podcast? Bang, and I go, well, you go to go into the podcast app, Yeah. and then you put in there just having a crack, yep. correct? Spelled H-A-V-I-N. Yes. Ha- having a crack, and you hit subscribe, Yep. and they all come up. 
Yep. You get all of them. How cool is that? Yeah, well, it's great because behind the scenes, there's a lot of work that goes into our, you know, our, our podcast Well, there series. is, mate. You do most yeah, of it. Well, look, I mean, I'm fortunate <laughs> enough that you bring the talent and I, uh, and, I, and I just clean the back end up. But, you know, it's important that, you know, if you like our series, get behind it and support it because we really appreciate the, uh, we really appreciate the support. And we really appreciate your comments. I think so, mate. I think at the moment, what's been really good fun is that we're getting, it's just like having a yarn. I mean, some people are saying to us, it's its like listening to a few blokes having a yarn and a chat, or, and girls now, mm-hmm. um, having a chat and a yarn about life in general, their world, their sport, and that's cool. It's good Abs- fun. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for listening. Look out for the next one on your favourite podcast app, and you've been listening to Just Having a Crack. Let's have a crack. <laughs>